It's October 11th and time for Social and Sex. We hope you haven't missed these updates too much, but we're back to bring you the most important stories from the social landscape every fortnight. This week that includes the end of IGTV, the new additions to Twitter profiles and why your Facebook posts might be underperforming. Remember, if you find this episode useful, let us know by leaving a review. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Hey, everyone. I thought it would be good to start sharing more about what we're currently working on internally at Instagram, just to give you a sense of what's coming before it comes. First up today, Instagram is getting rid of IGTV as we know it. In 2018, Instagram made its first big push into video. Last week, the company admitted it hasn't worked as planned. IGTV is being canned, sort of. If you remember a few months ago, Instagram head Adam Missouri took to Twitter, as he often does, to explain Instagram's direction for the future. And he caused quite a bit of controversy by saying Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app. In their minds, it is a video platform as much as TikTok and YouTube are. The problem is with feed videos, reels, stories, and IGTV, its video offering had become pretty convoluted, and Missouri promised to consolidate them. This is what we're seeing now, as IGTV videos and in-feed videos essentially become the same thing. What it means is in-feed videos can now be up to 60 minutes long, and they'll sit in a new tab called Instagram TV that will sit in profiles alongside reels. It's safe to say consolidating video into Instagram TV will come as a relief for most brands. With so many offerings available, I think it became confusing and the majority of brands never really understood the IGTV offering and the benefits associated with using it. With the new 60-minute video length, yes, 60 minutes, expect to see brands putting an emphasis back on longer-form content to support short-form reels in an organic way. Matchroom Boxing do this really well with their Access All Areas BTS series from Fight Nights. Think more airtime for documentaries, vlogs, and other popular long-form YouTube formats. Twitter says professional profiles are a new tool that will allow businesses, nonprofits, publishers, and creators, anyone who uses Twitter for work, to display specific information about their business directly on their profile. Moving on, Twitter has opened applications for professional profiles. That's right, Twitter's been adding several new features of late, all designed to help businesses on its platform. The latest of these is professional profiles, which have been in testing among a small number of companies in the US since April. Now, all businesses are welcome to apply for professional profiles, which you can do by heading to the Twitter for Business website. With this new profile, you'll be able to quickly access services like Twitter ads, quick promotes, advanced profile features, and the platform's future efforts around shopping. For now, you can set up an About section, connect a newsletter if you're using Twitter's Review newsletter service, and importantly, you can add a shop listing inventory and featured items. Users will be able to shop directly from the Twitter app with Bitcoin, as well as PayPal, Venmo, and Visa. Now, previously, Twitter was pretty much the only major platform not to have a direct link to products in-app. But now, users have all the information they need to make a conscious purchase decision. Community management takes place here, and brands are most likely to speak to customers on Twitter. So having opening hours, a website, and shop inventory present on professional profiles will be a game-changer for brands. If Facebook is featuring this feature, they might want you to use it. So you might just want to try it out. It might be a great way to kind of get some new customers or followers. Next up, Facebook Reels has launched in the US. Facebook's been testing Reels since March, and now the feature has finally launched, but only in the US for now. If you're confused what this means for Instagram Reels, essentially you can share Instagram Reels natively to Facebook, but you can also create Reels in the Facebook app. Conveniently, the feature rolled out as soon as TikTok announced it had reached 1 billion users. 
As we know, Facebook itself has more than 250 million users in the US alone. And adding this audience to Instagrams is one way it's telling its shareholders and critics we can reach just as many, if not more, people. Facebook Reels can be found both in the newsfeed in a vertical scroll similar to Facebook Stories, but importantly, they can also be created and shared within groups. Yes, Facebook's embracing its creative side. After the success of Instagram Reels, it'll be interesting to see how this translates to Facebook and its significantly older age demographic. As with Stories, expect the majority of Reels to be natively shared to Facebook as opposed to created directly from Facebook itself. Facebook's prioritising discoverability and growth to incentivise creators and using groups to do so is a smart move as groups is one of the app's most used features. The integration with groups is a really easy way to increase adoption of Reels. If you're a group admin, how about using Reels as a creative tool for competition entries? All you have to do is add a call to action to group members and task them with creating their own personalised Reels and watch the fun unfold. We knew we wanted to take a targeted approach, really talk to our customers and our community and focus on quality engagement. So we decided to leverage LinkedIn events and also use that LinkedIn Live integration. Following on, LinkedIn is testing paid ticketed events. Yes, LinkedIn events has seen a huge surge in growth recently, despite the pandemic restricting these events to virtual only. In 2020, 21 million people attended an event on LinkedIn. That's why the platform is now exploring payment options for events, including letting event organisers run ticketed events through LinkedIn. These will most likely begin with virtual events, but as restrictions lift worldwide, we could see this integrated into the platform's events hub, which was designed to facilitate in-person events. Whilst events are clearly a priority for the platform, so are audio and video. So ticketed events will be rolled out under a wider overhaul of the platform's audio and video offering. As ticketed events will bring payments, it also means monetization opportunities for companies and creators. With the world slowly opening up, early adopters will be looking to take full advantage of these ticketed events. To persuade people to part with their cash, brands must curate a really solid and engaging offering which provides value to the customer. Exclusivity is a really convincing way of doing this, whether it be exclusive product launches or early access to a service only given to those who are attending that event. In a more traditional sense, expect to see more conferences appear with top-tier speakers and educators on the panels. Do you ever worry that maybe you're doing something that means that Facebook is pulling back your reach, it's demoting your posts in the feed, which means that they just show them last. They're not getting rid of them, but they're showing every post that they like better first. Now, another story from Facebook. The platform has shared more information on what it demotes in the newsfeed. Facebook recently published its content distribution guidelines, which explain the kind of posts it demotes in the newsfeed. In other words, capping your reach. There are more than 30 post types listed, including clickbait and posts made by users who repeatedly break Facebook's content policies. It also includes content from ad farms, engagement bait, links to websites that request unnecessary user data, low quality comments, events and videos, pages predicted to be spam and sensationalist or commercial health content. Now, Facebook uses machine learning to detect which posts fall foul of these factors. And the important thing to mention here is that unlike posts that explicitly violate content policies, these posts won't be taken down and you won't be notified that they've been capped or demoted. More visibility on the algorithm is something which social media managers are constantly calling for. If one of your posts is significantly underperforming, there might be a reason why, and these guidelines could offer some insight as to why. Facebook's latest announcement will help content teams understand what is deemed to be good content, and ultimately we should see the demise of clickbait, which I'm sure we can all agree is a welcome relief. 
Brands should be keeping a close eye on engagement over the next couple of months and begin testing new formats and ways of attracting views based on these latest guidelines. The beauty of allowing people to have a conversation that's not recorded is I think people are more open in the conversation. And finally, Twitter reveals a new Spaces recording option. Yes, Twitter has added a new feature to its clubhouse rival, Twitter Spaces, which is a new record space option. This lets you download an audio file of your Spaces conversation. Right now, Spaces hosts can download past conversations, but this updated recording process is designed to let you repurpose that audio content you use elsewhere. Now, I call Twitter Spaces a Clubhouse rival because the product did spring up in response to Clubhouse, but this feature is one of many recent examples we've seen of Twitter's product edging out Clubhouse on sophistication and its overall use to brands and marketers. If you use Clubhouse, you'll know that the audio can't be replayed anywhere once the conversation is over, keeping it in the moment. Of course, Clubhouse's exclusivity tactic has its merits, but with Twitter Spaces, you can now use your recordings as full podcast episodes, take snippets for social videos, voiceovers, voice tweets, you name it, you can do it. It'll be interesting to see the usage of Spaces now as previously it was very much, if you're not there, then you miss it. It feels like an open goal for live podcast episodes hosted on Twitter Spaces, which can then be uploaded to Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other audio platforms once the episode has finished. Well, loads to digest there as usual. And Twitter Spaces podcast, could we see social minds mm. uh, join Twitter Spaces? I know we had some uh, thought about using Clubhouse a while back, but it has uh, seemed like Twitter Spaces is overtaking Clubhouse now, uh, which is why we didn't go for it. But maybe watch this space if there's uh, interest, we could do that. Uh, but I think from today's stories, what I'm most excited slash intrigued about is this Instagram video situation. 60 minute long videos in the feed. Now that's a long amount of time to fill. Realistically, Cal, do you see people, you know, finding ways to fill this? Or is it a bit like when like Twitter's character limit was expanded and they were like, it's there, but you don't necessarily need to use all the characters? Yeah, maybe maybe some brands and, and creators will be tempted to kind of stick to what they know and maybe not delve into that 60 minute, you know, episode length. But I think... It's a real opportunity, and I, I don't just mean reposting YouTube content on there. It'll be interesting to see whether people come up with you know specific formats for for that sixty minute, or mm. whether, like we say, we just see documentaries which we could see elsewhere just posted on Instagram now. Mm. So really interesting to see how that evolves, and and whether people treat it with the respect that ultimately it deserves and IGTV never really got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's a behavior change needed here because I personally don't want to sit and watch something for an hour on Instagram, especially because you can't really like turn your phone around yeah. to watch it comfortably. Yeah, and Instagram's not got the best desktop offering, so it'll be interesting to see how people do consume, you know, 60 minutes worth of content on their phone. Will they be able to change their consumer habits and you know, to go away from short form content and watch long form on a phone. Talking of consumer habits, I think one of the best uh, examples of that in, in the topics that we just covered there is Twitter professional profiles. Now, mm. I know personally, you know, I think opening times and reviews, I always go straight to Google, which is just a personal preference. But if I can find opening times of a shop on Twitter and I'm already on Twitter, 
and it keeps everything in Twitter on the professional profiles, I think that could be a huge, huge change. And that could be something that really does change my habits personally. No, definitely. I think my habits are already there because if you think about how many brands and businesses are on Twitter, for me, I mean, if you're hearing a brand name for the first time, for example, or you're trying to like get in touch with them for customer service reasons, what I'll do is like you'll Google the company name and normally their Twitter's in like the first couple of search results. So I'll click on that. Um, and that's how you find them. Now, at the moment, obviously, it's the same as everyone else's profiles. You just have your name and description and like, a link to an external website. But as you say, if, if you've got all this key information sitting in one place, you can ultimately save yourself a lot of time. And it's surprising that it's taken them this long to come up with some kind of specific business account when you think about how long uh, like Facebook has had company pages, Instagram has had like creator accounts, business accounts, even WhatsApp has business accounts. And Twitter should have been on this a little while ago, but better late than never. Yeah, I just want to cover quickly LinkedIn paid events. You know, how big could these become? You know, I was talking about conferences and other events, but could we see concerts? You know, how how big can a paid event get? Stephen Bartlett, Diary CEO, live on LinkedIn. Could happen. Uh, but I think... We've covered this, um, well, not so much on the podcast recently because we've been away for a few weeks, but on the Social Minds Hub, if you look, there's been such a trend with even LinkedIn making uh, features for creators and ticketed events obviously mean monetization, which is an incentive for people to use LinkedIn to host their events. So for the platform, it's really a win-win. But I guess for event organizers, think about how many people, what what was it, 21 million used it last year. Mm. Um, it's obviously a very useful feature so having the ability uh, to earn money from that will be super helpful i think at the minute if you want to do a paid ticket event you just have to use one of the standalone services for mm -hmm. it um there's no nothing like that on um social profiles so that's it for this week's social in six thanks for listening and please don't forget to leave us a review on apple podcasts we'll be back on wednesday with the next episode of answered